This podcast explores explicit and adult-themed content. If discussions of sex or male bondage offend you, or if you are under the age of 18, you should not continue listening to this episode or future episodes of The Bondage Gaze. By continuing to listen, you acknowledge that you are at least 18 years old and aren't offended by discussions of male bondage, sex, pornography, or other kinds of content with sexual themes. Hi, what did the fish say when it ran into the wall? I don't know. Damn. Oh my god. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to the Bondage Case. This is a place where we discuss all things bondage, from mainstream pop culture to niche movies and TV, from bondage porn to our own personal experiences. I'm Sammy. And I'm Nat. And two years later, we're still here. Welcome to our second anniversary special, A Gaze Back. So a common TV trope is early installment weirdness. You know when you've watched a show for years and then you go back and watch the first few episodes and it's all different? Like, that's not how the house layout looks. That's not Ross's ex-wife. What? The Golden Girls had a cook? But I'm already in my pyjamas. You get the point. Now, our podcast was also guilty of this trope. In our early episodes, we tried to start with a bit of a hook to announce that week's topic. Today we'll be discussing all things gags. The vital element to any bondage scene, whether it be cleave, tape, or any other variety, you can't deny that a gag is pivotal to keep your sub from mouthing off. Today, we are discussing scenes of interest in movies and TV. So, even though there is a surplus of male bondage porn in the internet world today, most of us are exposed to male bondage through mainstream media like movies and TV shows because at one point, that's really all there was and all we had as kids. So most of us look back fondly at the male bondage moments we saw in our youth and still enjoy similar moments today. Today, we're talking about bondage session stories. The good, the bad, the painful, the orgasmic. We've all got plenty of stories we could share. Today, guys, we'll be discussing all things self-bondage. Like what masturbation is to sex, self-bondage is to bonded sessions. It allows you to enjoy bondage when nobody else is around, which has probably become even more relatable because of quarantine. In a way, it lets you be the dom and the sub because you're doing the tying as well as getting bound. Sometimes you are all you have to get tied up. So today we'll be discussing subs and doms. Which role are you? Oh, that's mm-hmm. that shit. <laughs> we'll go with it. I mean, it was good in theory, but considering half our episodes don't have topics anymore, we could never keep that up. I feel like in recent episodes, we do kind of bring up topics. You know, when we plan episodes, they usually have a sort of theme, like that usually kind of goes along with the questions that we ask, at least for our current season. You know, we had Coming Out Kinky, but I don't think we talked that much about Coming Out Kinky. We've had other, you know, things like focused on like kinky content, but we didn't really this necessarily talk about that oh yeah look we've definitely had themes they've just been a lot looser than they were in the beginning and it's interesting you bring up coming out kinky because that episode when we were working on it i think we changed the title of that episode four or five times first of all, i was like women in male bondage coming out kinky then we're listening and i'm like nah we don't go enough into coming out kinky oh is it too cheeky if i say kinky to the graves well and then i think the other thing is with our first season i don't think we were really planning on having guests that much 
much. So I think that was like one thing. I think we were kind of starting things out. So we were nervous and like we're clinging to like a, you know, very specific like topic and subject to talk about. And then I think number two, we were mostly planning on it just being you and me for every episode. And at least I didn't think, you know, having guests was going to be such a regular part of the show. Yeah. Well, at that point, it was brand new thing. So people weren't that interested in it because they didn't know about it. And it didn't really meet our expectations of what we thought the podcast was going to be. Like, I feel like at the time it was intended to be more informative, factual, whereas I feel like now it's a bit more of a bondage entertainment show. Yeah, because I think of the way I sort of planned it. First of all, what I was trying to do with the Ungagged podcast uh, with Frank. Yeah, that's sort of what I was doing. And then when we started, I wanted basically the same thing as that. And it kind of took its own form from that, which I mean, I think was for the better. Yeah, I mean, like I've said, I think we need that extra insight and we need to sort of have a lot of off topic just because there's a finite amount of things you can talk about pertaining to BDSM. So getting different people, different experiences, it might not be what we envisioned or what you envisioned. Let's be real. It was all your idea to begin with. But I think, yeah, it's necessary to have a show that's going on two years later, 70 odd episodes in. So when we thought of the idea of a clip show, one of the common things we heard was we love hearing everyone's stories and so do we. So let's have a listen to some. I was so young. I told you that I met this person from the Captured Guys forum. I was under 16. I actually posted up Kidnap a Scotsman and this person got in touch with me and we'd spoken back and forward for a couple of weeks and we actually arranged for him to kidnap me from a field that was literally five minute walk from my mum and dad's house. And so I told my mum and dad I was going to my friend's house for a few hours and I walked up to this field. To this day, I still can't believe I did it. And I had arranged to stand in the middle of this field and he would grab me from behind blah blah and he did so he hand gagged me and he put cuffs on me and put me in the boot of his car he taped my legs and then he drove me five minutes away and then he took me out and I was like, oh, is that is that it? Um, <laughs> and then he put me in the front seat of the car and he was like, you are not old enough. And I got the biggest lecture ever from this guy. He yeah. said, you know, I could have been anyone. I could have killed you. There's lots of freaks out there who are into strangulation, who are into killing people. And I, when I saw your post, I thought this person is going to possibly be unlucky. So he felt like it was his responsibility to reach out. And he said, because he knew I was just a horny boy that I might end up getting in trouble. So I was very lucky. And I I'm very grateful that he was my first experience of being tied up and gagged. You know, I was very young and I was just lucky that he did it. And he was like, there you go. I've ticked that box for you. That'll do you until you're old enough. This one was really fun because it was spontaneous. It was when I was back in my hometown for the holidays and I just met him on Scruff. So he picked me up and we went to his place. He offered me a drink and then we got to his bedroom and started making out and sexually repressed energy made me a little bit more aggressive than maybe I normally am. And so at some point I decided to cover his mouth while I kind of started like working on his nipples. That like really turned him on. And then after a couple of minutes of that, he said, it's like, okay, well, so you're into bondage and everything. I was like, uh, yeah. And then he got off his bed, went up to the headboard. He built his headboard with, it just looked like a wooden headboard, but then he like lifted it and he had like all of his bondage paraphernalia and shit like that in it. Like he built it so he could have gags and rope and like all these things. I was like, oh my God. So obviously I tied him to his bed. Like after that, I believe I probably stuffed my underwear in his 
his mouth and he was actually like a really sweet guy like we had pretty intense sex and then i stayed over and then a few days later we met up again he tried doming me but i think he was just better as a, as a sub I get to make you look like a real terrible boyfriend now. Oh, um, controversy. So, so, from a sub point of view, it would be kind of a session, and it was really, it was a really impromptu session, and it, we just got back from somewhere, and like we were messing around at the bottom of the stairs, and you tied me oh, to the banister. Oh god, yeah. Oh my god. You choked me out. I did. And like actually choked me to the point I'd passed out. To me, that's something that would really make me panic normally. And at that point, I was already quite tired, so you didn't have to do it a lot to choke me out. Like, you act like I try and choke you out all the time. That was actually quite hot, despite being possibly something that you panicked about as well. Well, I got you safe before I had my panic. It's fine. <laughs> Essentially, I walked in, we'd done an impromptu thing where I handcuffed Jackson to the bottom of the, the staircase, and then just we went into this session kind of thing, and it was maybe, what, five, ten seconds? It wasn't much at all. Uh, you know, we were just, we were doing dirty talk kind of thing, and I grabbed hold, and he just dropped like a sack of shit. So I immediately had to, right, unhandcuff, boom, roll him on his side, like recovery position kind of shit. Let's start tapping him on the face until he wakes up. Because he was breathing, so I wasn't panicking to a crazy amount. But, you know, it was one of those things where, holy shit, he's fucking dead. I, I have gone too far. It's a good thing that I have experienced what I've experienced, because before choking Jackson out the way I did, I had had that exact thing happen to me where I was in a scene where I was suspended, but I had a collar that was tighter than the arms and the legs. Oh, so I was fuck. slightly lent into the collar. Yeah. And just after a little bit, I just, well, I blacked out. That's exactly what happened. But I've watched a video of it happening, so I know what happened. But my whole body just limped immediately. And being able to watch that and understand what happened, because because I've experienced it means that I feel like I knew what I was meant to be doing and knew what what to, how to fix it because that Dom managed that really well and I would hope that I managed it at least okay enough that you know everyone was okay. It's not something that's traumatized me, so you definitely no because I'm still choking you, yeah, so you're not yeah, traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually up in Omaha doing a business trip and I met up with the dude via recon and I tied him up in his basement, had him hogtied, put the ball gag in, and we were talking about nipple clamp. So I told the guy that I tied up, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go out to my car. I'm going to get the nipple clamps and stuff. So I go outside, get in my car, get the stuff, go to get back in, and the door was locked. Apparently, he had a door, one of those doors that even though the doorknob is locked, you can still turn the handle. So you think it's not locked. So I opened the door thinking, okay, it's one of those doors that shuts like right behind you. So I go out and here I am locked out of this guy's house and I have him hogtied and gagged in his basement. So I started having to do a pull on stealth mode and I start like perimetering his house, trying to get in any window I could, any door that I could. And of course it's starting to get dark out. So here I look like I'm trying to break into this guy's house. No luck. So I finally decide to shimmy myself between the bush out in the front of the house and the house itself because I I had noticed, oh, there looks like a basement window. And I thought maybe this might be one of those trusting suburbanites that, you know, leave those type of windows unlocked. So I'm in there and I hear him screaming for help. He got the ball gag out. He's screaming for help, thinking that I left him. And I'm yelling at him like, hey, I'm, you know, not that guy. I am here. I'm trying to get back in the house. So I was like, how do I get back in? And he starts screaming to me the code to his garage. And so then I start screaming it back to him, just be like, hey, I want to make sure I hear this. So I'm yelling it back, and then it's like, what the hell are you doing, dude? You're like literally announcing how to break in and enter this guy's house. So I finally get in, and I mean, the guy had really struggled to try to get out because he thought I left. 
dropped him. And we played for a couple more hours and joked around about it. The other memorable sort of real life experience was a really interesting weekend I spent with a couple. They were sort of an open couple. Only one was really kinky, although the other one I think was kind of into me. So he joined in with the kink more than he usually would have. And after like a day of bondage, they tied me up in their guest room to sleep. And they both ended up coming without the other one to kind of mess with me. And breakfast next morning, there was a weird, you know, I don't know what their ground rules were, but I felt like maybe they overstepped, which they weren't my rules. So I didn't feel bad about it. It was kind of hot. There's there's something hot about the secret aspect of people coming in to take advantage of you when you're helpless. One time when we first moved into this house, been here maybe a month, Brandon tied me up, hog tied me on the bed. I must have been blindfolded, gagged as I always was. He was out mowing the lawn. Anyway, when he came back inside, the manhole in our laundry had been opened. Oh. Now, I couldn't have done it. I was fucking hog tied the whole time. And it's not like the wind could have done it. So I don't know if someone was in the house. Uh-huh. God. Anyone could have been in my fucking house. I don't really remember hearing anything. Because if I'd have heard something, I would have just assumed it was Brandon. Yeah, that's just so fucking creepy. Like, yeah. being in such a helpless situation. Ugh. Yeah. I was in touch with this guy from Recon, and he'd invited me over to his place. Something in my gut instinct just kind of told me, this is not a good idea. And I thought, shut up you, I need bondage. Anyway, I went to go meet him, I arrived at his house, and he had the whole room kind of like set out, like loads of costumes and gear. And he had this bed, it was one of those beds that's super high off the ground. So we kind of started getting down to it, and instantly I kind of felt, mm, the connection here isn't great. But when in Rome, get tied the fuck up. So he started kind of going at it, and he was like, doing stuff like really tight and I was kind of making really clear signals that this isn't working for me and then next thing he puts in this really intrusive butterfly gag he put it on wrong as well it wasn't connected properly at the back everything about it was wrong anyway so the next thing he had me kind of on his super high bed he had kind of like my upper body tied really tight and I was really really uncomfortable I was actually struggling to breathe and I was lying down on my front at this point and my hands were tied by my back and my chest was all tied up and this really huge uncomfortable gag was in my mouth in an incorrect position so it was hard for me to fucking breathe properly and then he blindfolded me as well so I couldn't really see what he was doing with my legs so he had tied each one of my legs to either side of the bed but because I was blindfolded I couldn't really see where I was or what was happening he disappears for a minute or two and I'm lying on my front struggling to breathe and I'm trying to just get myself into a position where I can actually sit upright so that I could breathe properly so I finally managed to maneuver myself upright however the way that he tied either one of my feet to either side of the bed they were tied apart there wasn't enough give in the rope so basically when I hooched myself to get upright there wasn't enough space for my feet to connect to the floor I just actually fell backwards completely which was really really fucking dangerous and um, I'm falling on the ground and I crashed into well, I couldn't see what I crashed into but it was like his cabinets and then a whole load of books and like debris and shit just starts kind of falling on top of my head at this point I'm really really scared I don't know if I've injured myself badly instantly I'm thinking okay any normal person now is going to run over and straight away they're going to untie me and ask am I okay and so he comes over he starts feeling me up a bit I just started giving all these really intense signals I was like no 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 I need a break I need to stop right now and he was there kind of like trying to like feel me up and stuff I was like who does that like who goes to feel someone up after they've crashed into a fucking cabinet of stuff like that is just fucking mad eventually you know so he unties me and then I run to the bathroom like right I need to get my breath I need to catch my bearings I need to fucking figure out what I'm gonna do now because clearly this guy is nuts so I come back out I've kind of 
like realize, okay, I haven't actually really badly injured myself or anything. That's just a bit of a shock. I was lucky that I didn't crack my head open or something. He didn't seem concerned whatsoever. He was just like, yeah, okay, we're ready. And I just said, yeah, listen, I'm done now. I think I'm going to go home. And then he really lost his shit. He got really fucking annoyed at me. All this time I'm after getting like putting all this stuff out for you and getting all my stuff ready for you. And you're like, you're just leaving now. You've only just got here. And I was like, listen, mate, I've just crashed into your fucking cabinet after the whatever bandy way you've tied me up and I'm not feeling it anymore so let's just leave it at that I actually was a little bit concerned for my safety at that point so I didn't want to engage in like a super confrontational scene with him which I was really tempted to because I was really fucking angry but I was like you're the only person that knows that you're here so I figured you know what just politely excuse yourself and get the fuck out of there there was a guy who wanted to see my feet and he wanted to give me money and I was like sure I could do that that's not difficult so I did that for a bit and he paid me lots of money and then it just kind of kept coming and he said maybe you can do this and maybe you can do that he messaged me one day and was just like do you have a car and I was like yeah sure I mean I knew he'd probably just want car sex or something and I was like no I have a car but I don't really want to do anything in it and he's like oh no do you think you could hit me with your car and I was just like um, no, not really. But it was a lot. I had the entire afternoon to just unpack that one. Very rarely people mentally dominate me, but that one fucking took over. We had to include that last one. I've ripped on Andy for this plenty of times, but car sex. That just lived in my head rent free, like, all the time. Yeah, it's like, that one is a little bit more crazy just because of how dangerous and everything it is, but, like, getting to, like, those clips, the one that I always remember is Brody with a bin guy. This guy messages me with the opening line saying, hey, I want you to put me in a bag, piss on it, and fill it with rubbish, and then put me in the bin. And he said his fetish is to be treated like actual garbage. Not like, you know, be treated like like a piece of shit, but just be treated like garbage. I think I said to him, like, you know, I'll think about it. And then I think a week had gone by and he messaged me again, getting real shitty because I had a message him back. You know, he said, oh, I knew you were just a flake and you were just a faker and blah, blah, blah. And I said to him, I said, I have a life outside of this app. You could have messaged me. Like, you know, nothing's stopping you doing that. And then I think after that, he didn't message me again. I often think about the logistics of it. What kind of bin bag is he expecting to use that's actually going to fit a human person in it? And then I assume he'd want me to like to hold it from the top. You know, he'd just force her out. Oh, bin guy. It's just funny because once in a while, like, I would just, like, refer to, like, bin guy from, like, somebody. Or It's funny because it's, like, okay, that's, like, literally, like, a trash person. If you're into that, like, you can't really be insulted by being called, like, a garbage person or a trash person or something. I had this idea of him as a kid. Oh, yeah, when I grow up, I want to be a garbage man. (laughs) And everyone assumes he wants to collect garbage for a living. And he's like, no, no, I want to literally be a garbage man. It's, like, something else I also think of is, like, the episode of Spongebob when Squidward like tries to prank him but it's like too mean and then like the final part of it is like Spongebob like winding up in a trash can and then when they like take him out of the trash can and Spongebob is like the shape of it like a can of cranberry juice coming out of a can (laughs) I haven't seen that one I mean it must be an early Spongebob episode so and then I feel like I've talked about this with a lot of people and luckily I feel like people have come around I mean not only for our podcast but there are other kinky podcasts out 
out there now. I feel like it's a little bit more common of a thing. So I feel like people understand the expectations of a podcast. But like when I initially wanted to do this, people just they couldn't fathom the idea of like some kind of bondage content that like isn't porn that isn't like meant to like get you horny or get you off or something. And so they were surprised when I said like, okay, well, it doesn't involve anybody really being gagged or any actual bondage activity happening in it because it's like it's a podcast like in, on podcasts you just have conversations people got it once you know we did our first season and they started listening to episodes and everything it still surprises me that some people say that they can't do normal things like they can't listen to the podcast on their way to work or something like that like because it sometimes gets them horny or like just distracted or something but at least people take it as a podcast now yeah that's a big compliment it gets them horny but we did have some fun with this in the early days Rowan I think it's time for some gag sounds from you what what do we want to do <laughs> maybe even a tape like all our other guests have have they all done that yeah where's my tape oh, is he actually gonna do it <laughs> hey Rowan we're just messing with you this is really unfortunate <laughs> and now for a little bit of fun we're going to play a quick game whose moaning is it anyway so just have a listen and have a think about who it might be here's the first one <laughs> Who do you think that was? Have a think about that while we move on to number two. <laughs> and let's move on to the last one. <laughs> All right, guys, mentally lock in your guesses. Now let's find out whose moaning is it anyway. Let's hear that gag talk again. That was pretty good, Struggler. <laughs> 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 oh my god, well you're the first one on our podcast to do that for us. Rowan, we can't understand you, sweetie. <laughs> I need to start using cleaner socks. That was gross. Mm-hmm. Let's hear those sounds again. Mm-hmm. I brought the tape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, no one could see this, but he just ripped the tape off his mouth and buffed our motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, the adhesive is really strong on this bitch. So, there you have it. We have Struggler, Rowan, and Chris, also known as Popcoder. How many did you get right? Nah, you're being awfully quiet there. I like any kind of, like, restrictive gag like that, but I don't know, the funny thing is, I have a very loud speaking voice, but I'm also very easy to muffle. I don't understand how that works. Well, it probably like, helps that when someone tries to stuff your mouth, you open your mouth wide, like a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> Just un- unhook my jaw like a fucking snake or something. But I don't know, it's funny, because I-, I think it's my voice or something, but people always think, like, oh, the sound is just shitty in the video you took or something. It's like, no, that's really, like, how muffled. I was. Like, you can hear everything else in my room, you just can't hear my voice. (laughs) So, here are some more stories for you guys. There was what my mind calls the team bitch moment. This was my first camp retro rope, and I was wearing a track outfit. It was, like, towards the end, it was, like, Sunday, everyone was gonna go home soon. I ended up being, like, the last one tied up still, and so, like, everyone was, like, kind of spent, but also, like, kind of still interested. I was tape gagged, and then one of the guys wrote team bitch on the tape, and no one told me what it said and they all were like laughing at it and like pointing at it i don't think for like two weeks i got off to anything but that memory of how awesome that was 
when I went to college, I was kind of hoping that there would be some kind of fraternity shenanigans <laughs> of a guy duct taped to a pole or something like that. It, you know, as much as I'd have liked to witness something like that, I always felt like I'd be kind a little uncomfortable like witnessing it. It's like I don't I'm getting something out of it that other people around me aren't getting out of it. In college, I was in a fraternity and I did get duct taped to a chair. My friend, who I actually found out later is into bondage, we're in the back of the truck, like they had me duct taped to the chair. We're like all in there and they're like taking me to drop me off when I was dating this girl and they dropped me off out of a sorority house duct taped to the chair. And my friend was hand gagging me the entire like ride over and I was like trying to get him to, to gag me with duct tape, but apparently my sly hints weren't happening. <laughs> it's like, you don't make this even better if I really couldn't talk. <laughs> He's a young guy who lives out west, and um, one of the scenes we had, you're in the house, lying face down on your bed, and the door's unlocked, and I walk in, and so he had all this kit laid out, laid out all this AFL kit and stuff, and he had a roll of tape, and I'm like, ooh, mate, really, roll of tape? You don't want to leave stuff around that daddy can use, fuck you, you know? When I was with my old fuck buddy, many, many years ago, there was some area where you can park, it was about an hour away from home, and we were doing stuff in the backseat of his car, and then as we were leaving there was this other car that drove in now me being the fucking 20 year old smart ass that i decided to wave at them <laughs> we started driving home they fucking followed us oh my god they followed us for about half an hour and we're like holy shit like what are these people doing like oh fuck i was like why the fuck did i wave at them oh my god fuck 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 we're gonna get murdered tonight and then eventually they overtook us and chucked a u-turn so they were definitely following us yeah i'm just like what the fuck he put me into a hog tie, but he used zip ties and he put a cleave gag on. And then he just went next door to the living room. You know, I like to just be left and struggle. And sometimes he would be gone 10 minutes and come back. But this time it was just getting a little bit long. 20 minutes passed because he had a clock on the wall so I could see this time. And then 40 minutes passed and I thought, this is too long. And then of course I started to think, what if he's had a heart attack? What if something's happened? And I'm like, right, I need to try and get out of this. And I luckily managed to get my hands free because it was like zip tied so I could kind of wriggle and he didn't pull them too tight. And managed to get out my feet, took the gag off and I kind of like waited on the end of the bed just to see how long because I was getting angry and I was like, right, if he is deliberately leaving me this long, this is really, really poor on a safety aspect. And it got to an hour and I was like, nope, that's it. So I put my coat on. At the same time, I was like, I better just check that he's okay. So I went through to the living room and he'd fallen asleep. So of course I was absolutely livid. So I banged on the door and he was like, oh, oh, oh sorry, I must have dozed off there. And I was like, do you know what time it is? I've been through there an hour. And he was like, oh, luckily you weren't mummified in. Eh? Just laughed about it. I was like, no, 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 no. Luckily I managed to get out. Luckily your tie was shit and I managed to get out. But you have that TV so loud that if I was moaning, you wouldn't have heard me. And he was like, all right, well, we'll, we'll just continue. I was like, no, I'm going home. And to this day, I've not met him again. My 30th birthday, we had this huge just bondage blowout dart and a bunch of guys from the site came in and this friend of mine gave us his house for the weekend. You know, we just had this kind of abandon, just people tied up in every permutation. You know how when you get a group together, people pair off or then they group up and before you know it there's five guys stacked on the floor like a stack of high firewood but it was very much that sense of everybody feels safe everyone knows each other so that was very much a happy memory the low point of that weekend though was i locked my keys in my car while it was running we went on a food run or something and i left for some reason left my car running with the keys in it and locked the door no idea why and this was before cell phones so i have no idea how we got out of that and i tried to smash the window with a big rock and just scraped up the side of my car it's 
actually much harder to smash a car window with a rock than you might think. So I don't advise it. I remember one of the first videos I did was uh, three parts self-gag extravaganza. <laughs> but I saw this one guy did one before, right? And then at the very end, you know, he does the tape over his head. And then at the end, he puts it over his eyes. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to do that. Like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it all the way. Why not? And then I did it and I wrapped it around my eyes a few times. And then obviously you can't fucking see anything. And then I put my phone down. I was like, I don't know what to do now. I don't know how to get it off. <laughs> it's stuck. It's stuck. And I can't see anything. I did too good of a job. When Shane was joking about like when Storage Gimp just wanted to just stay there tied up on the floor and Shane was like, okay, but don't die on me because me and him are going to do another shoot. And then I, lo I looked at Storage Gimp like in the eye and I was like, I can keep a secret. Very first person I played with, I was 21 years old. He's this big, experienced dom. I remember we made the plans to meet that night after I got off work, and I hyperventilated at work thinking about it. I was so excited and so nervous, but we get to his house, and he handcuffs me as soon as we get in the door, and I was just, like, on cloud nine. I was like, oh my god, this is the absolute best thing ever. He tapes my legs together, he tapes my mouth shut, and I remember thinking, I just want my entire life to be like this from now on. I feel know what day it was it was like october 25th i have a bad reason for remembering because i remember thinking if he kills me i'll never get to hear taylor swift 1989 <laughs> Okay, so interesting side note about Danny. 13 is my favorite number. Now, some of you may know that 13 is also Taylor Swift's favorite number, which I've been told is not completely a coincidence. But he isn't the only Swifty. I'm a huge Swifty. I collect all her albums on TV and vinyls. My favorite album is Fearless, which I have tattooed on my chest. Now as Kingsters, we certainly know what we want. I'm very picky. <laughs> Brandon always says that. He's like, you know, for someone who likes to be tied up, you're so picky. You know, a kidnapper would be like, is that tape okay? Is that tape even? <laughs> Dude, where's the gag? Sometimes I find I have to be a bit of a dickhead to, like, provoke the top. I might start taking the piss out of them or insulting them or something because I'm like, dude, just fucking put a gag in my mouth. <laughs> put a few of them in. My favorite gag, I have the ball gags. I love the feeling when you're drooling and the fact that you can speak, it's pretty uh, exciting. <laughs> and I remember the first time that I that I was tied up by a man, the first gag that he used on me was a ball gag. It was pretty new for me, but I love these feelings. And I have a second one. To be honest, I love every type of gag. Just that those two are my favorite and the second one is uh, the underwear. Dirty sock or dirty underwear in the mouth. I've always been keen on duct tape, especially black duct tape. I think it just looks so good on a guy, even when it's just a single strip. I don't know what it is. It's just that gets me going. It really looks good on my boyfriend's mouth, mostly just because he's quiet. I've met up with people who have me like, I'll want to be at their feet, but then I'll be like licking or whatever. And then it's like, all right, I'm done. Like, can you just like gag me now? <laughs> One of my good friends, Kinky Knight 94, spent the week with me and um, we would go about our business as usual during the day and every now and then come back in the house and he would just be sitting around tape gagged. He would be reading his book next to me on the couch with a tape gag on. Did he gag himself? He did. Um, a couple times I did it to him but most of the time he did it to himself because he does it better according to him. We just generally explore our kinks and do it as publicly as we possibly can because uh, like yourselves, I'm an attention whore so <laughs> I want to show everybody everything that I do. I'm very much the same. I mean, if you just look at my Twitter, you could just, it just screams attention please pay attention to me <laughs> oh, such a good puppy but please yeah. call me an attention whore
So, I mean, I'd be curious with suspension. I mean, for all the, you know, men on edge, kink.com with, you know, men being suspended, that just looks like just so beautiful, like number one. And then number two, imagining like experiencing like hanging in that sort of way. Suspensions are something I'd really like to try some more. I've only been suspended once with Bondissimo. It was really nice. <laughs> I don't think I would ever be the person to initiate it. I'd be too scared that if I got suspended, my fat ass would break whatever I'm tied to if I can roof and cave in. I mean, I think that's a little irrational. <laughs> if I went to some rope daddy's house and he was like, I do this all the time, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Years ago, when I was really into like doing my own self bondage, somebody talked about doing self bondage, but suspension self bondage. And I was like, that sounds dangerous. You know, if you can actually pull that off, good on you, but that just sounds really scary. Yeah. Either that or it probably won't look that good. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I think it can be really dangerous. I mean, I'm pretty bad at self-bondage, so I wouldn't even imagine doing that. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'm okay at self-bondage, but yeah, I wouldn't want to be hanging off the ground by myself like that. I agree, you are pretty good with self-bondage. Oh, thank you. I wouldn't recommend it even for you. <laughs> yeah, please don't. We want you to get your security deposit back. Oh, and we don't want you to get hurt, I guess. <laughs> Priorities. I know, yeah. Cave my roof in or something. <laughs> I want to be the captive who's like taken care of and who's highly valued. Like I want to tie you up and keep you somewhere because I just think you're so great. And I can get off on being abused as much as the next guy. That can be very hot. But there's something about that kind of almost protective bondage. I mean, it really just shows like the care aspect of being a dom. I mean, I feel like submitting, like a lot of that is like unwinding in a lot of ways of a lot of people aren't going to give themselves the time to relax and to just kind of sit there and like not do anything in that sense like a dom is basically just curating that sensation exactly i want to be curated i want to be your pinterest board like this is this amazing thing i've found and captured and controlled the eternal argument that we have all the time is let's set one room up and just leave it. But the idea of dedicating an entire room in our house to one thing uh, hurts me greatly. It's nice yeah. to be able to fuck on the kitchen tabletop too, right? We all have our different preferences. Mine's the better one, but it's okay. <laughs> oh, well, the important thing is that you think that. <laughs> If I were a kidnapper for my kidnapping mate or whatever, it would be so frustrating. Like, imagine getting the victim and he gags him while I'm driving the car and I have to stop the car like, dude, you didn't gag him, right? Stop the fucking car and get this gagged well done or whatever. And then the victim just looking around like, what the fuck is going on? Then again, if you are the victim, you're going to be getting tired. You're like, that's not how you do it, dog. Do it tighter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, imagine getting kidnapped. That's not how you do a kidnapping. <laughs> this is how you do a kidnapping. <laughs> you called that? Should a gag, or even if they like tie you up and they don't gag you, and it's like, um, aren't you missing something? You're gonna leave me like this? Come on, I will scream. That just reminds me of when Zoidberg and Futurama's getting an autopsy, and he's like, oh, if you saw that, I won't be able to speak, and then they start sawing faster. <laughs> <laughs> now, while we're on the topic of Futurama, I did notice some repetitiveness across all the episodes. For instance, I think I mentioned in fucking every episode during our first season that I wanted a tape guy. 
flag while tied to a pole or a beam. I'm also now realizing I think the correct term is column and not beam. So I cringed a little bit listening to that. Also, I didn't realize how many times I've said with blackjack and hookers. And also a side note, if you slide into my DMs, it's only a matter of time before you get sent that bender gift. Shut up, baby. I know it. Uh, yeah, like I've noticed you have said uh, like with blackjack and hookers like a lot. I mean, even in recent episodes, but I feel like it's something that has been going on since like maybe the first season. Yeah, I mean, the problem is that there's this length of time between when we record and then when I get to editing and then when you get to editing and then when we post it and I forget what I say episode to episode. So there are things that I'm probably bringing up over and over again, especially post-COVID. I've got no short-term memory, so I'm going to be repetitive and I apologize. <laughs> I mean, getting back to like having guests, I think that's another good reason to have guests because if it's just you and me talking all the time, it's just going to be us saying the same shit like over and over again and having somebody else just sort of breaks that up. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that wasn't the only common thread. I remember one thing that was always confusing with me was in Batman Forever, the scene with Robin gagged. When I was little, I always thought that that was like duct tape or something like that. And then like later on, I realized it's like some weird cellophane something. I'm not exactly sure what the hell it is because by the end, it's around Robin's neck. I'm still waiting for the day when I have that one Dom who will be the Joker or the Riddler or something. It would be the Riddler and use some kind of silver <laughs> gag over your mouth. Silver, not duct tape. Yeah, it isn't duct tape. Were you already aware of that fact or did you find that out from listening to Nat on the podcast? I figured, like, I had a sneaking suspicion that it was, like, saran wrap or something. Thinking that it's duct tape just, like, sits better in my mind. Falls off his face. It's, like, rested around his neck. You could kind of see the knot in the back. But, like, it would have been so much better if it was duct tape. I think it's because it's a superhero thing of, like, you know, duct tape is too normal. Gotta be, like, bat duct tape. Yeah, like, something out of the ordinary. But Forever isn't the only memorable scene of interest. So the first one I could think of was The Dark Knight, because I saw that in theaters. There are so many bound gagged men, including um, Anthony Michael Hall, and also just various cops, soldiers. I don't remember what they were, but I mean, they were stripped of their uniforms and just left bound and gagged. And I, I don't know, it looked like a parking garage. When that happened, I was just like, fuck. Yeah, you can't exactly flop it out in the middle of the cinema. <laughs> Two years on, I'm sure you've forgotten all about that scene, right, Nat? I think I talk about it a little in what might be one of our last episodes for this season, but I decided to do a Dark Knight uh, recreation of that. The pictures and video got a lot of likes on Instagram. Yeah, like, I don't know, just a group of guys in November that we met up with. You know, there happened to be a beam or whatever, like, in the middle of the kitchen. So, yeah. Yeah, it seemed like a good spot to do that and I liked the idea but then doing it was kind of a lot and then also like the responses of people that said that they want to do that again and it's like I liked it because it was like sweet and you know people just liked you know that I thought to like do that but then yeah like everybody else kind of also wanting to do it and then also people kind of asking me to do it and it's like okay this involves like several people like do you know people 
that you're going to do this with or something. And then also a few people have even said, since I was the one who tied up and photographed everybody, I obviously wasn't tied up in that. And so some people have said, oh, well, I want to do that again. But like with you being like one of the guys and it's like, okay, but like, I, I feel like I'm done with it. I did it already. I don't want to do something again. That's absolutely fair. If other people want to gather on their own and do their own thing like that, whatever, like, that's fine. I don't own that. Like, you know, go ahead and do whatever you want. With me, it's like, yeah, I did it. It was what it was. And I don't really need to do that again. Like, if I'm going to do another group thing, it's going to be something else. Yeah, but absolutely. If people do decide to recreate your recreation, that's a big compliment because you can look back and say, well, hey, I was the first one to do that. People enjoyed that so much that they wanted to do it themselves. So that is great if they do that. The thing is, I did it because it's so fucking simple. I think that's the thing that like got everybody. It's like it didn't need any intricate costumes or bondage work or anything like that. It's like just guys and, you know, in their undergarments, like, you know, sitting on the floor, just tied up, blindfolded and gagged like around like a beam thing. Yeah. Now, while we're on the topic of your kinky antics. So then I've got to talk about Matt's experience. <laughs> he fucking taped me up in my black suit and gagged me with the, the tape gag. Like, that was fucking hot. I remember when he took the tape and he put the initial strip over my mouth. Like, I initially got, like, a fucking huge boner. And then just he videoed it. So, like, looking at it later, when he was done with the microphone tape, he went and grabbed the duct tape over here. And just kind of the way he, like, went and fucking grabbed it was just kind of like, I don't know, it was, it was hot. Oh, he's blushing. <laughs> you really are a thoughtful fetishist. <laughs> I have been waiting to use that line. Really? Aww. Also, it seems like Instagram is purging the fuck out of kink accounts these days, but this is nothing new. I post a lot of pictures of me tied up on Instagram. Well, yeah, you're using, like, kind of a backup account right now, right? Yeah, the other account that I was using is completely gone now. I don't know if people are reporting me or what. The times that I've been threatened to have my account taken down, it's, like, before the post even gets to where anyone can see it. So, for me, it's not a matter of people reporting me. And it's also just really unpredictable. You don't know what is going to get them mad. You feel a lot worse than my post somewhere. I know, and I feel like if you're vanilla, you can get away with a lot more. One thing that pissed me off was a few weeks ago when they threatened to remove my account, and then a few days later, one of the posts that they were advertising to me was an artist drawing a vulva, like a very realistic-looking vulva. And it's like, okay, so Instagram is like telling me to look at this and follow this person, and I I get fucking deemed for pictures from, you know, a mainstream television show of a guy cleave gagged. A vanilla person or a straight person can show a bare ass or a vulva, but <laughs> oh my god, no, no cleave gags. Although, if you disagree with the removal, make sure you contest it. Yeah. Worst case, they'll be like, okay, we've reviewed it and we've permanently deleted it. In some cases, they will put it back. Instagram, though, I mean, we've all had run-ins with the Instacops. Instagramming while gay. So many violations. For me, it's always random, because, I mean, I rarely ever post anything with, like, ball gags. It's always something completely just out of nowhere. And then since I've been warned before, it's always, like, threatening to just completely, like, ban my account. Yeah, it's so hard to tell what will get removed. They haven't <laughs> touched me for a while, but give it time. 
my dumb ass in that last clip. Oh, they're leaving me alone. <laughs> my first account got shut down hours after Nick's episode was posted. It's still kind of strange, the whole thing about that, because we also got a warning for my Instagramming linked in our YouTube video. So I'm thinking someone's come across our podcast on YouTube, seen the link and gotten the knickers in or not. I don't know. I don't get it. I forgot that happened around the time of Nick's episode. But yeah, like I remember that. Funnily enough, so we got a warning for that link being in there episode and i appealed it the appeal is still pending i just looked at that the other day two freaking years later and they're still pending the appeal so i'm like okay they're never gonna look at it but i mean it was one blemish on our account we could still post it is what it is but there was some weird foreshadowing in both jordan and nick's episode or foreshadowing might not be the right word but like i was talking about how oh yeah we've been really fine with covid q two months later the delta variant just totally fucking us without lube yeah (laughs) i mean instagram probably comes up several times like on the podcast like even other than this like I mean because I know in Struggler's first episode it's like that that's where we talk about the hate boner and well because like how Instagram hates ball gags yes like that's been an annoying thing forever <laughs> it's like with a ball gag I got for Christmas from my boyfriend like I you know got tied up and it was used on me like a lot like in that part of December and like January but like I needed to really edit all those fucking pictures I posted during that time just because well it's a ball gag and Instagram doesn't like it and I, I've tried sneaking a few and it instantly deletes the posts wow you know what I've noticed in the last few months I've had two different things removed that I've appealed and they've said okay we've reviewed it and we've reposted it thank you for your feedback but they don't actually repost it and I've also noticed in the settings they've changed it so I can't even view like what's been struck off against me anymore that's why I set up a backup account because I don't really know what status my account is in at the moment is it in danger is it not another funny thing in Nick's episode is I mentioned oh yeah it'll only be a matter of time before OnlyFans clutches their pearls the pearls have been clutched <laughs> they went through my whole fucking account like someone's obviously viewed everything I apologise to the person that had to do that and they scrubbed all this shit and my account's never recovered because I stopped promoting it for a few weeks never built up my followers again and in the last month or so I don't really understand the reasoning but I assume just economic reasons I've had like follower erosion it's like oh I'm almost started I'm just losing fan base I get it times are tough no one can afford it it shows me that I'm making the right decision in wrapping everything up yeah well because I, I remember when OnlyFans and everything felt safe like when it was new like in 2020 it was kind of new at that time like everybody was jumping towards that and it seemed like safe and then you give it a, a year or two and then it's getting just as bad yeah and I mean the plan has been to end at 200 for quite some time now and look they aren't touching me at the moment I don't want to jinx anything but like I also know what I can't post at the moment I'm working on my last one which is going to be a big one and I've got two or three regular ones left to film and it's just kind of like I just want to get it done I want my weekends back I could have fucking 200,000 followers it wouldn't matter I want my weekends back I want to have recreational bondage I don't want to have to spend all my time editing I've put in so much work into my kink and I'm thrilled that I've done that it's always going to be there I'm not going to leave social media or anything just I'm ready to take a step back 
like it feels like the right time, regardless of the numbers. The numbers just are aligning with my enthusiasm towards it. I obviously can't say much to that because, I mean, I've considered the OnlyFans route, but, you know, hearing what you and other friends I know that are on it say, it never sounded like it was going to be that great. And I don't know, it kind of feels like a sinking ship at this point. Like, I don't see a reason for me to get involved with it now. Look, I would never say don't do it because it has had benefits. Like, I have earned money from it. I mean, if you factor in all the hours I put, because I've treated it like a job, it's well below minimum wage, but it's also more than zero for if I didn't have an OnlyFans. So yeah, I would never say don't do it, but I would say don't do it to the extent I have because you will just kind of become a bit burnt out, jaded, resentful. But then at the same time, once you take a break, then I assume you'll get that enthusiasm back. I'm assuming when I'm back to having plenty of recreational bondage, if I'm not editing videos, that gives me more time to edit the podcast. And so that'll take up less of my free time yeah i don't know i'm going in circles here but i would say don't rule it out based on our experiences if you want to give it a go you really have nothing to lose so some kinksters have had good experiences revealing their kinks to others even if it wasn't shared under the best circumstances i've told my mom and dad because there was a situation with my ex partner where I was tied up and he dropped me and I ended up losing half of my two front teeth and they were like what happened and eventually it came out it was like actually it was during a sexual act and they were like what how does that work and I was like let's just say when my partner dropped me I couldn't use my hands and she was like oh right okay so what you were like tied up and I was like yes mother I was tied up <laughs> and she was like oh so do you like that and I was like yes and she was like oh, okay she's always said that's fine as long as you're careful we met through this website and had just a very vanilla first date, but I really liked it. Like, I really, really thought I should be upfront about certain things in my life. So I told him that I ran a bondage website and I told him that I still had student loan debt and he was only upset about one of those things. And it was not the bondage website. I would say I've been spotted, shall we say? Only once in physical form, but there was one time my flatmate at the time told me that his friend had found me on Tumblr. And I was like, oh, okay. And he actually said to me, next time, just ask me if you want to use my gym bench. Oh. I was tied up to his gym bench in his room. Luckily, I was very close with him and he found it funny. And he was like, I don't care, it's fine. But it just made me really panicky how this guy managed to find me on Tumblr. And I was like, he must have been looking for me. You don't just randomly come across someone tied up in a guide. You have to be looking for it. And some things work out in our favour. A friend that I knew right now, I mean, he's kind of traveling around having sessions with different people that he knows. He even said that when he flew from one place to another, his suitcase was full of all kinds of rope and tape. And he said, like, okay, like every time I fucking travel, I always get stopped by TSA. And this time I'm carrying all of this fucking shit with me and I don't get stopped. It's good that they're not harassing him, but <laughs> yeah. Is your friend obviously gay? Mm, yeah. Okay. Let's call the spade a spade here. If you see a really flamboyant gay guy, you scared his luggage and see plenty of rope and tape. You shouldn't, but people are going to stereotype and think, oh yeah, he's just doing it for sex purposes. But if it was someone a bit more stern looking, like some like brick shit ass tradie, no offense to brick shit ass tradies, you guys are all usually fucking hot. I'm just thinking <laughs> of like a profiling point of view. Then you'd think, what are you up to? You're up to something mischievous. Yeah. But the flamboyant gay guy, you're like, oh, you sex deviant. Some have had less pleasant experiences. 
a weird thing that happened to me that I once did have somebody who had paid me for a commission back when I was doing things on DeviantArt. That was a long time ago. And when I was juicing that content, had commissioned me to do something. i have given him my PayPal address, and my PayPal address was linked to my real name, all of my details and everything, and had basically just said, you will now give me my money back that I gave you for the commission. You'll make this amount of content for me, and then um, I'll leave you alone. If you don't, I'm going to send all of these photos that you've already sent me and all of your content on your DeviantArt to your friends, family, and everyone else. And my response verbatim in an email was, do it, let's see. And I just, I was like, my friends, my family, everybody knows you're not going to beat that because there is nobody around me that does not know about this. Because if somebody says something to me, I, I'm going to be real about that. So yeah, everybody knows, so you can't you can't beat it. And can I just say to any of our listeners, although I don't think any of you would be like that, if you have any plans on doing that or you've ever done that to someone, make no mistake, you are a fucking cunt. Yeah, no, um, uh, yeah. immediately, and I, I love the fact that we're now throwing the word cunt out there because I... I yeah. <laughs> oh, look, there's no other way of putting it. Yeah, it's like, especially the fact that it's like a fan, quote-unquote, of yours. Yeah, they're not a fan, they're a leech that wants free content. Yeah, they wanted to pay me for my content and have then seen an opportunity yeah. to see content. And that is a, it's a very interesting dynamic. It's like buying a burger from somebody at McDonald's and then slapping them across the face and saying, give me all your burgers. Some of us have had some close calls. There were a few instances where I've had a bit of sticky residue like behind my ear or something that I haven't noticed. And then I've gone to bed. So shit from my pillow stuck to my ear. I haven't noticed. And then I'll go to work and they'll be like, oh, you've got some sticky stuff on your ear. I have no idea how that got there. Must have been something sticky on my pillow. That's weird. When I did those pics in red, my brother like knocked on the door whilst I was doing it because I lived with my family. And he was like knocking on my door. And I was like, I was gagged. I was like, Mm-mm, no, don't come in. And he was like, I'm coming in. And I was like, no. <laughs> I have a picture on my phone of me like pushing the door shut because I took a picture at the exact same time. I had to show up. I was like, get out now. Now, one clip that was omitted was Nat's close call because I thought I'd save that clip, but now we can't bloody find it in the episode. So, Nat, let's talk about your close call. Yeah, it's like it was a time I was maybe 13 or 14 or something, just kind of doing my thing in the bathroom. I'm pretty sure I, I gagged myself with duct tape. And yeah, my family, in a way, doesn't care and will walk in on you in the bathroom or something, just if the door's not locked or the bathroom door has always been shitty so even if we've had a lock you could just push it open or something and my brother just decided to you know try to walk in you know while I was playing with myself like and gagged and so I had to basically throw myself like against the door to keep to keep him from opening it and I of course tried telling him something like to not come in but I was gagged and so I had to take the tape off my mouth to tell him and yeah now some kingsters need to cover their tracks I made the mistake of telling a few people that I'm a toy photographer and they always want to see photos. It's like, oh, nope, sorry, for the commissioner's eyes only, no one else sees them. <laughs> Maybe you need just a... A vanilla. Yeah, like a vanilla portfolio. I've been thinking about it, but that's like so much extra time and effort. Jordan, so you said that you would access a lot of your porn, like, on a family computer. Yeah, you just uh, make sure you clear that search history. Yes. And you know what? You kids do not know how lucky you have it today. Back in my day, we didn't have incognito. We didn't have promo. We had to delete our history manually. 
the topic of covering your tracks is like really interesting because I notice I notice certain kinksters they're usually people who probably either they don't have a kinky profile or if they do it doesn't show their face or something but like people who seem to like delete their message conversation like their message histories and everything like that and because there are several people who talk to me and then you know the conversation ends and then days or weeks or something go by and then I hear from them again but they basically reintroduce themselves like they kind of forgot who I was and that we've talked before and the funny thing about Instagram is when people do that if it's the same profile I still have the full message history but they don't and so when they're talking to me they think it's like a blank slate and like something new but it's just like we've met each other like twice or something and we talked about this and it's always funny kind of catching people in that. I mean look we all forget shit just start delete your messages <laughs> just have a side account if you need to cover your tracks well that and then I mean I even posted a few weeks ago a guy on recon who my boyfriend is familiar with him because this guy has been doing this for years who like he'll make a recon and reach out to people or whatever and then delete his recon i think he reached out to both of us at the same time but i kind of took a while to get to my message and by the time i got to my message which was a few hours later his profile was already gone so like i just got like a hey how are you like type of message but i had no idea who this person was because it's just a profile not found that's why like i took a screenshot of that and posted it on Instagram it's like oh profile not found it's been a while since I've heard from him oh that is so terrible it's amazing and I love the responses I got to that because I understand that it's scary to kind of out yourself in the kink world so it's unfortunately very common for people in kink spaces to constantly delete their profiles and everything but the responses I got from that are so many people are like oh my god I'm so like used to this like to people who just disappear suddenly I mean each to their own but it seems like a huge waste of time yeah especially with me it's like i like building relationships like with people and it's like if you're gonna keep starting over like that and especially if you're gonna keep doing that and not remember who i am then there's no relationship being built there and i just find it kind of annoying and then also i don't think these people are really that serious about like actually meeting or anything so that's kind of another thing that makes it like a waste of time yeah they're just coming on getting off and then being like okay that's it done hard reset for next time yeah, their conversations are probably like they're probably jacking off while they're having a conversation with you. And then once they're done, they're they're done. Okay, some are on a subconscious level. My partner had a dream where he's walking down the road and he sees a tied up dude. And he just unties him and he's just like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. He goes down the road. He sees another tied up guy. I'm sorry. He's apologizing for me because I'm tying up all these people. <laughs> and it just keeps going. He's just like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's funny now that I've gotten to meet Nick and his partner because now his partner is a little bit more open to bondage because I feel like at that time they were kind of on separate planes like you know Nick was completely kinky and his partner wasn't at all now it seems like they're doing a little bit more together like with kink and I think that kind of started more or less over the past year I think IML was like a big starting point with that because they weren't planning on going and then sort of at the last minute they just decided to hop on a train and come up here and do that like get a hotel like everything was super last minute and then he brought his partner like around us to the murder house and he did our things or whatever we we call it the murder house i don't know if i ever said that on the, the podcast but the iml house but like he brought him over with us and i mean it was kind of awkward because it was just kind of quiet and off to the side while we just sort of did our thing i don't know that was a way of like nick kind of throwing him in the deep end with it and then i think after that they 
started kind of just doing more together. He started meeting more of Nick's kinky friends. Things kind of evolved like since then. So I feel like whatever made him have that dream back then when we had Nick on the podcast is probably a little bit different now. Yeah, well, maybe subconsciously now Nick's partner will have dreams where he's walking along fighting all these tied up people and he could be the one gagging them. <laughs> Teamwork. <laughs> now, some stories are a little rough. They're going to hate us for that one. <laughs> Puppy barks, actually. I've been to puppy events where, like, there'll be this alpha who's just kind of like, so my pups are being unwantedly approached by this guy who keeps coming up to them, and I need to go out for a smoke. Can you protect them? And then I'll just be like, okay. And then I literally get, like, a guard dog stance. And then when I see this person, I just kind of immediately just start barking. And then I got the other puppies to, like, join in. I felt <laughs> so happy. This just reminds me of any house that has more than one dog and the fucking doorbell rings. Exactly. That was the mode we went into. Any kink-related interaction, we're pretty much going as pups. We walked from my friend's apartment all the way across the city of Manchester to the event, which meant we encountered all the kinds of people you can imagine. Some people shouted very nice things, and some people shouted weird things. My particular favorite was a man walking across a car park who looked at you and said, somebody's getting laid tonight. with a daughter. Yeah, it was with a child. There was a couple of girls who saw a dog, saw the dog, ran up to the dog and went, oh my god, it's so cute, and then saw me and Jackson walking past and went, oh my god, it's people dogs too. So the people dogs one, it reminds me of one of the young girls I used to work with, because it just has the same energy as a moment I had with her. So after my shift one evening, I had to go to another store and pick up stock, because I worked in a food court, I was going to a freestanding store that was open all night, but the shopping center shut well before I'd finished. So it was late at night, I'm like, you know what, fuck it, I'm not going to call security, get them to let me in or go through the loading dock or whatever. I'm just going to drop it off in the morning. I'll take it home with me. It was nothing perishable. Anyway, so the next morning, came in, dropped off the stock. Obviously, I'm not wearing my work uniform. And this girl looks at me. She's like, oh, you're wearing normal people clothes. I don't live in my uniform. But she's like, oh, no, I get that. You just, I've never seen you out of uniform. People dogs and normal people clothes have the same energy. Well, it's funny because with that, it kind of just makes me think of with like cartoon characters of how they basically wear the same outfit like all the time. It's like, do they think people are actually like that? The Simpsons actually lampshaded that with Chief Wiggum because he's at the racetrack in his police uniform and Eddie or Lou, I can't remember, might have been Eddie, says to him, Chief, you're off duty. Why are you wearing your uniform? And he's like, it's the only thing that fits me. <laughs> she Simpsons is good at that. You know, the typical TV trope, back to TV fucking tropes, something will happen in like a restaurant or something and then it'll cut to them in the car discussing it. It did that. And then I think it's Lisa says, shouldn't we have had this conversation earlier? Like, why are we having it? Wait, why do we wait till we're in the car? There's that. Or you see a character's closet and it's just that exact outfit like over and over again. And I mean, it wasn't necessarily that, but I mean, the episode in Family Guy when Stewie's trying to make Lois and Peter fight. So he gets lipstick on Peter's shirt and then Lois catches him. It's like, oh, you, you ruined your dad's favorite shirt, even though he just always wears a white shirt. That makes me think of Buffy. There's a Slayer in it and she gets her shirt cut. She's like, that was me favorite shirt. That was me only shirt. (laughs) 
Okay, and we better show a little bit of love to cats, too. Sometimes when you're in that sub role, you almost have to be very forceful just to get what you want. You're almost playing, like, reverse psychology on them. Like, oh, maybe you should gag me. And, okay, I'll gag you. Yeah, I feel like it's a lot like being a cat when a cat wants you to pet it. Like, just, like, pressing yourself against you. Like, come on, let's do this. It's just been flooded with subs. Like, it's just like, okay, like, this is too many. It's kind of like, if you find one stray cat and bring it home, it's fine. But then you have a problem once it's like, you know, five to ten. This just is subs are like stray cats. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I'm gonna, see, I'm gonna be around some kinky, like, oh, total stray cat over there. <laughs> oh, shit. So, whether you're a kickstart or a vanilla, one thing we can all agree on, customer service is hell. I had a few ones that were really good. You'd see them coming, so you'd get the coffee made ready for them so they didn't have to wait long. But then you get the ones that would also be regular and you'd see them coming. So I thought, oh, I'll be nice to this bitch. Made her coffee for her. And she just looked at me like, okay, so you should. Not a bitch. Yeah, she, she was this quarter strength cappuccino. I'm like, oh, that says all you need to know, Karen. I used to water down her coffee because she was a bitch. There was one time I did work at a casino and the casino people, they are the worst customers. And this guy came in, it was the middle of the night. It was hard to understand understand him he didn't speak english very well and that's okay but i finally figured out he wanted like 12 croissants because he takes them to his restaurant to sell them and i go back there to bag them all up and the girl comes up from the front and tells me yeah they're making fun of you because you don't speak english and i'm like excuse me so i took the croissants and i um i licked every single one of them Oh my god. <laughs> Put them in the bag, got them up there, watched them leave. I went to the back and I went, oh my god, I'm gonna get fired. <laughs> what did I just do? Okay, let's get back to some early installment weirdness. If you don't like it, fuck off. Sorry, a bit smearing if that's not allowed. Now, in fairness to Gaz, he was our first guest. Can you imagine if we had a guest on the show now who was like, oh, I'm sorry for swearing. We'd be like, you clearly didn't do your fucking homework. <laughs> and then he was the one in the premiere for this season that suggested a swear jar. I did say to Sammy that we should do a swear jar for this podcast. Every time he says cunt, he has to put $1 in a swear jar. We will be able to afford to fly all of us to Australia afterwards. Now, is it all swears or just cunt? Good question. All swears, I would say. Okay, we're already five in. How are any of us even going to be able to talk about our personal lives? This inspired me to go through and listen. I was like, well, I wonder how much cash I'd be out if we actually implemented this policy. So have a listen and we'll tally them up. I think my favorite breeder fucker's line. He's trying to force the guy he's got tied up to suck his dick. And he's like, come on, don't act like a cunt. We've got Josh, my second boyfriend. Josh was fucking too small. And we're not size shaming, but he was a fucking cunt. So yeah. he <laughs> went around spreading rumors about me after we broke up. I'm not even really into role playing. You're just not contributing anything. Yeah. Figure out. So he chucked earphones in my ears. He tried to find the most annoying songs. I think it was the name game, the American <laughs> Horror Story version. Yeah. Like, fucking cunt. I just remember being tired, gagged, headphones in, and all I could hear was that. I've heard that, like, some people, when they wear a latex out, that they like, like, you know, using, like, baby oil to, like, make it shine and would always call an Uber to go out so they don't get their cars all greasy. But, I mean, I wouldn't like being the Uber driver. Yeah. That's I was going to say, you'll get someone else's car greasy? What a cunt. People are just, uh, we're not going to get back on people again, are we? I hate them. Not all of them. Guys, <laughs> if you can avoid it, don't work too long in customer service because you will turn into jaded, bitter old cunts like us. 
Yes. <laughs> I mean, we love you're, you all, but... We're if you're a customer, you're, you're a con. People say the customer's always right, but you know what? If I don't serve you, you're not a customer. You're just some cunt loitering at the counter. If you're rude to customer service workers... You're a cunt. Yeah. If you're obviously going to come across people in all walks of life and all different types of communities that aren't nice people... Every social you. group has a cunt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's always a token cunt, you know. There's going to be a few cunts. Let's be honest. It seems like these days every cunt and their dog has a podcast, so we may as well have one too. <laughs> Blackmailing someone to get free content. If you've ever done that to someone, make no mistake. You are a fucking cunt. I love the fact that we're now throwing the word cunt out there, because I... I yeah. <laughs> oh, look, there's no other way of putting it. My ex-flatmate had a friend who wanted to date me and I said no. He kind of started to search for me and Google me and became a little bit strange. But then he found lots of photos of me on Tumblr. And there was a photo of me with his trainer, his sneaker taped to my face. And he sent it to my flatmate and said, did you know your flatmate is doing this in your flat? You clearly dodged a fucking bullet with that guy. On the off chance that he's still stalking you and he finds his podcast, if you're listening, you are a fucking cunt. Yes, he is. I doubt he's still talking about it. I hope not anyway. But I know he's still single, so haha. It's going into summer. I think I'm going to get really sweaty anyway. Screw it. Skip the serene wrap. So whilst I didn't overheat, it stuck to me like a bitch. Yes, so if anyone is listening to this and wants to do a mummification, Sammy's just explained how not to do it. When I saw that you did that, I was like, what are you doing, Sammy? That's going to be sore. I have the video of me getting taped up as well, and I'm like, I've got clothes on. I probably don't need it. And then there's the getting out of it contrast where I'm like oh son of a cunt it hurts the fact that he even admitted to him that he'd arranged for this to happen just shows the guy is clearly just an absolute cunt that summer that was my nickname in prison how much shit cut was your nickname in prison it was different times in prison <laughs> which time in prison <laughs> which prison so back when I was in high school when MySpace was a thing my friend from my teens and I we did some pictures in drag but somebody at my high school got a hold of them and then just made a whole MySpace of like the pictures of me and drag and then added everybody I know. And then the thing about that is nobody came forward about like, it never came out like who did that. And then the thing is, it's like, okay, it's somebody that knows me. Like they knew some personal details and shit about me and being in not a very big town and just kind of knowing like someone's a cunt, like basically. So I think I handcuffed him and taped his mouth for all of maybe two minutes. Yeah. He told people at work that I did it. Oh my God. Of course, I played it off like, yeah, well, he's really fucking annoying. (laughs) At that point, he was becoming more friends with Brandon. So Brandon was the one who was like, like, why the fuck did you go and say shit like that? Yeah. And he apologized to Brandon. Never said anything to me, but he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't want to upset you. Like, what about me? I'm the one that you're fucking basically spreading shit about, you little cunt. Yeah. There was a cake shop and they called it nothing bunt cake or something, because I guess all they had was bunt cakes. That juicy bunt. I know. It's like bunt kind of sounds like a boy version of cunt like bussy with us we are very unfiltered i mean and you you, you don't hesitate to use the word cunt i'm australian i think i'd probably get <laughs> fined if i put a podcast without the c word in it i'll never forget mike's reaction to you using it yeah it's funny americans are offended by the word cunt that's yeah. one thing i feel too when i post videos and i'm like full video streaming on OnlyFans. i feel like a bit of a cunt in a way like <laughs> to put it bluntly, i feel like in america we're not so free with the c word i'm not like i don't know <laughs> do you have another quiz question how many times on the show have I said cunt? The limit does not exist. Well, because you would have to actually be counting them. And I don't know how many people would be thinking. So like, oh, I want to tally up every single cunt on the show. Tally up every single cunt on the show. I count three right now. I count three. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, if you've been counting, you might be thinking, wow, Sammy, you only said it 18 times. I thought you were a lot worse than that. The segment read a little too long, so every cunt you heard actually represents three cunts that I've used on the show. So Cody used it once, Gaz used it once, Nick used it twice, Struggler used it twice, Nat used it a whopping four times, and I had 54. Also for an honourable mention, when The Walking Dead had a fucking gay kiss and people lost their shit because like, oh my God, I was sitting down watching this with my children and then there was a gay kiss. It's The Walking Dead, you fucking numpty. <laughs> There's fucking zombies and gore. Oh, like people getting fucking their throats bitten out. Fine. Oh yeah. A wholesome family viewing. Oh my God. Two consenting adults sharing a peck on the lips. <gasps> oh my God. Oh, somebody think of the children. Fuck off. Now, some people might be offended by that. Others take a different approach. Fuck off. I'm hilarious. Well said, Popcorn. Now, you guys know he's a super fan, right? We all know you love our disclaimer. I do. Would you like to take a minute to do it for us? From memory, this podcast explores explicit and adult theme content. If discussions of sex or male bondage offend you, or if you are under the age of 18, you should not continue listening to this episode or future episodes of The Bondage Gaze. By continuing to listen, you acknowledge that you are at least 18 years old and are not offended by discussions of... Hold on, I never get this order right. Are not offended by discussions of sex, male bondage, pornography, or any other types of content with sexual themes. And then 20 minutes of silence, and then <laughs> bum, bum, bum. The fucking 70s porn music. The 70s <laughs> porn music. I bop so hard to it, though, like when I'm in the car. Or at least he was a super fan before this exchange. So there's this movie where this young woman accidentally kills this woman, steals her possessions, and then the sister's out to get the sister's possessions back and avenge her sister's death. I love Frozen. You're not far off. <laughs> But the woman that initially killed the sister is portrayed as the protagonist. What I'm trying to say, Chris, is are you a good twink or are you a bad twink? Oh my God, you can leave. You need to leave. (laughs) I need to leave the country, go to Australia and smack you. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not. Now, I recall towards the end of last season, we talked about your new job, Nat. So what's your occupation now? Never mind. We all know what it is. It's funny because where I lived before Chicago was very rural. There aren't a lot of suits, even to job interviews. Like, but I remember I went to a job interview. I was like in a full suit. And then I was like walking like in my neighborhood and past some teenagers. And one of them asked like, are you a spy? Are you a spy, Nate? No. That's just what a spy would say. (laughs) Nat, I just have one question are you a spy (laughs) i'm not hearing it no um yes oh a spy wouldn't say that fuck he isn't a spy (gasps) (laughs) so here's some of our favorite miscellaneous clips Oh, let me finish this drink. Oh, wait, there's not much left. What are you drinking? Copperberg pear. It's disgusting, but I can't taste it. But you have to sing the song so I can finish it. You know, we like to drink with Rowan. Think... Oh, and there's our mate. <laughs> Why are we Do singing? you not know the song? No. So I can finish my drink. You're awful at this. Why are we singing? You've never heard the song. Okay. When someone's drinking, you sing, we like to drink with X, because X is our mate. And when we drink with X, they get it down in eight, seven, 
count down to one and they have to down their drink. How are you Australian and you don't get this, Luke? <laughs> we don't need songs to encourage our drinking. We just fucking Ooh. down that shit. Sucking dick's what's going to keep you quiet, I guess. That should be like, I don't know. I feel like we should use that line for something like sucking dick's going to keep you quiet. An inspirational quote. <laughs> you better shut your mouth or I'm going to fuck it. That one is actually from a Zach and Miriam make a porno. Justin Long is in it and he plays a gay porn star and that's the title of like one of the movies he did. One thing I learned, don't be vain. The first time I got mummified, I was worried about looking fat, so I sucked my gut in, and then halfway through, I couldn't fucking breathe anymore because I couldn't expand my stomach. Not to look good in a picture, Shane. You're trying to make Twitter happen. It's, it's your fetch. <laughs> when you're tied up, you just have to feel the ropes. Yeah. Chew on your gag and struggle if you want. Just let it control you. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting a chubby just thinking about that. <laughs> I won't ask you to cite your sources. <laughs> <laughs> That's even something that makes me have more of, a, of an appreciation for doms. It's, you know, like literally kind of putting another person in your hands. A lot of like kind of taking care of another person. And You don't want to take too much care though. Oh, right. Of course. You just want to make sure they die, but make sure they don't die. <laughs> I was going to say. I was like, make sure they don't die. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Then, Aussie Leatherboy, he said, does a guy being a little bitch about tape coming off count? Um, no. no. As people who are professionals in taking tape off of hair, suck it up. I'm the only queer around for miles. Oh. <laughs> the only gay in the village. Oh, David. Oh, boy, kiddies, what's the cock up the ass? Nat was frozen for me when he was discussing what was coming up. So I just nodded, but when everyone else nodded. So can someone tell me what's coming up? <laughs> I am just stalking your Instagram right now. What a creep. That's me. I'm the guy from Bound Guys that tied me up. He said, it is so refreshing to actually do this with somebody who wants to be tied up. He goes, you're not bitching. You're not in a hurry. You're actually good conversation in, in the meantime. <laughs> I'm like, well... Brenda was complaining about work the other day and the girls he works with were like, I just get an OnlyFans. <laughs> he says, awfully bold of you to assume we don't have one. They're like, oh, you're so funny, Brandon. Little do they know, little do they know. It's also really frustrating to spend like 20 minutes doing a really cool rock work and then the guy five minutes after that saying like, oh, this is so tight, kind of, you know. I was like, and no, you can't till I don't with you. So he cocked himself to the bed and taped his mouth. So I came in and found him like that. He should have just walked back out. Um, I'm also extremely ticklish. Good to know. Yeah, I shouldn't have said that. Every now and again, you get a diamond and you open the door and show them the way. And they're like, hey, this is my crowd and this is what I want to do. And all of a sudden you've got them bound and gagged and in a cage 24 hours a day. And Bob's your auntie's midnight lover. You know, that would be fucking ideal. How messages are you? So as far as like physical pain, I mean, don't beat me to a pulp, but I feel like I kind of have a high threshold of pain. To put it crassly, you make do with the mayonnaise flavor and you just make aioli by yourself. 10, 11 years ago, when I worked at my fast food restaurant, I worked with these Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, they were lovely people. Like There was not an ounce of judgment from them. Anyway, the sister in the family, she was really innocent. So when we'd serve tea to customers, we'd give them the tea bag and the milk on the side. Then I was reading in like an employee handbook. It's considered really good service if you put the tea bag in some corporate jargon bullshit. It's good service if you do that so i started doing that and she says to me one day sam we're too busy you need to stop teabagging customers <laughs>
with another kinky person, you can kind of like be yourself. But with a vanilla person, it's like you feel like you have to hold back when flirting, like pick up lines and everything have to be different. I find that with vanilla people, it can all just be really basic. With like kinky people, though, it can be a bit more interesting. Pick up lines and stuff have to be different. Is that a dildo in your butt? Or are you just happy to see me? Rowan, tell us something about yourself. You already know my name. What more do you want? Well, fuck you too, Rowan. Love you. Why is it that when we hit record, all of a sudden the conversations go to shit? I know. <laughs> Listen to your gut, not your cock. Yes. <laughs> we have so many sound bites for this episode. <laughs> all right, guys. We're getting towards the end of this show. So does anyone have any final words? If you want to kidnap me, this is my address. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> just kidnap me please just tie me up and let's watch some horror movies or something you're just after my horror <laughs> <laughs> well thank you both for providing this forum for so many people to share all of their really twisted fantasies and darkest thoughts <laughs> wouldn't have it any other way keep listening to this podcast because it's really good for you guys it will open your minds hello listen to these guys they know what they talk about so thank you for tuning in to our clip show this is i guess the first anniversary that we don't do a live stream or something for next week i hope you have an appetite because we'll be including james who will talk about feedism and his podcast basically about feedism and gaining so we'll see you then guys as as always, I'm Nat. And I'm Sammy. Until next time, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Or anything I wouldn't do. <laughs> and remember, always be kind to your service workers. And don't forget to change your undies at some point. And remember, don't be a tosser. Until next time, behave yourselves. Or don't. See you next week.